You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, March 10th. And as always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for the Twitter account for the show. And on today's show, guys, oh, it's a good one. Baseball is back that is right by the time you are hearing this it's only been a few hours look i was getting some blood work today i don't want to show you guys the scar on my arm i'm just kidding i'm fine (laughs) um but i don't you know I, i was a little bit busy today and then the news dropped that the mlb and the mlbpa have come to terms on an agreement that is expected to be ratified around by the time you guys uh get the show hopefully i'm recording around like 334 um Eastern Time, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about everything that was kind of agreed to in principle. Not all the details are like totally fully finalized, but just to give my interpretation of the events, which some of my thoughts might surprise some of you guys, and then talking about tonight, because tonight, by the time you guys are starting to listen to this podcast, hopefully this will be like a fun accompanying uh, little thing for you, because around 6 p.m. is when the agreement is expected to be ratified, and as a result, the last of free agency is expected to happen. So even if, maybe even not for Padres people, but everybody, lots of lots of fun tonight, guys. We are back. So what are we doing? What are we, let's, let's, let's just get right into it. Let's get right into it, guys. First of all, let's talk about the fact that it is cool to have baseball back, that the agreement, there's the past few weeks have basically been me just doing all this content, wondering like, what's going to happen? Like, how much of the season are we going to miss? And it shows that, well... Based on what we've heard, still going to be a 162-game season. There are some extra double headers that are expected to be added on the back end of every team's schedule on top of what we'll get during the season if we have regular delays and all that to make up for the fact that we had some missed days. Mandatory showing up for spring training March 13th, so that's when we're going to see some pro baseball sort of action. And for the Padres fans... That matters a lot because we might be seeing some prospects that make their appearances, some high-level ones. You know, your Mackenzie Gore, maybe do we get to see him at spring training, a Luis Campizano, guys like that, right? So that's going to be really fun for Padres fans, unlike last season. Last season, spring training for Padres fans, it was just kind of like cool to see Blake Snell and some of the new pieces appear. But for the most part, you knew what you were getting for the most part. So there's still a lot of fun in that regard. And then I will say that um, there's, there's there's plenty of, hmm... How do I put this? I, I, I just think that there was a lot of freakouts today. And I think there was, a, I don't know why I'm grabbing toilet paper. There was a lot of freakouts today. And what I noticed is that a lot of people were losing because at the last second that we were getting reports that uh, the MLBPA, a lot of people were voting against it, speaking specifically their executive branch was voted 8-0 against it. But the players side of the MLBPA basically voted for it. So they kind of outweighed the executive. And... There's a good reason for that, and the reason for that is basically what the same kind of storyline has been for a long time when in regards to this whole collective bargaining agreement uh, chaos is that the owners try to stick in some stuff at the very end, and it looks like, now we're going to get into some of the bad news, they got away with some of that. It looks like, from what I've seen, again, I don't want to like say that this is climactic and everything uh, 100%, as I am seeing that my favorite football team apparently is making a wild 
free agency move. Today is crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, Khalil Mack apparently might be becoming a Los Angeles Charger for my football fans. And by the way, I will be reacting live just in case. Uh, I'm going to have my phone right in front of me. I'm going to put it right on my computer, actually, right here, just in case there's any, like, free agency sort of, um, you know, sources and stuff that comes out between then. But um, the report was that they wanted the MLBPA to drop their lawsuit from the 2020 season. Now, uh, the COVID season, of course. And it looks like that's one of the things that they added on. I, I have noticed so many people, and I brought this up on the podcast, that they like to blame both sides. Millionaire versus, versus billionaires is the common, you know, you know, engaging, nice, quick one-liner to throw out there on your social media feed to get everybody on your side and everybody start complaining. But to me, I think that it shows a stunning lack of solidarity when people are so... Because no one ever asks themselves, why is it that in, in a battle between that involves billionaires, forget what the other side is, that involves billionaires that we are just always expected that you have to meet in the middle. Go look up how much a billion is. It's a large number. So really, in actuality, the billionaires are the ones that should be doing everything to meet more so the people, the side that has less money. And I know what you might be thinking. Oh, well, they're millionaires. Well, it's around 30% of the MLBPA are millionaires, okay? Around 31.4% and then 28% of those, some of those don't even make the roster invites and all that stuff. A lot of, nope, not everybody's making Bryce Harper money. Not everybody's making Fernando Tatis Jr. Manny Machado money. This is about a lot of other people. And you might be thinking, well, hey, um, who's, who's a popular? Andrew Miller. He seems to be making out well. He was, he's not even probably going to pitch next year, but he's making like $8 million. What is it? It's like, yeah, uh, guess what? When you're doing well in life, you're allowed to use that as leverage to negotiate and help others who aren't doing as well in life. So I was a little bit disappointed, uh, but not surprised by the amount of people who just seem to be blindly and just kind of naively just assuming that this is the player's fault. This is very calculated on the side of MLB ownership to put it out there that, Oh, at the last second, the players rejected our offer. What can I say? There's a little bit of a thing where Steve Cohen, owner of the New York Mets, liked the tweet, which he claimed through the New York Post so that he didn't mean to do that. Liked the tweet that basically said, like, yeah, the, the owners will never accept a deal. They want MLBPA to accept a deal. That's a little bit damning of evidence. You know what I'm saying? So, like, keep that in mind, guys. And keep in mind that all the ownership revenue and stuff like that, they say that they've been losing money. No, they haven't. Every year for the past, like, 17, MLB revenue has gone up, and it actually reached a record high in 2019. Obviously, 2020 was rough. It was rough for everybody. So don't let them use that excuse, guys. Uh, it's just not... You know, it's just not true. It's just not true to be to be using that as an excuse that like, oh, well, they lost money in 2020. Everybody did. You watching this, you probably lost down in 2020. 2020 was awful. And we're still going through a little bit of a pandemic kind of uh, stuff right now. So a lot of people are losing and you shouldn't be worried about the billionaires. That being said, that being said, uh, the other thing that I want to talk about is just kind of the overall kind of rollout of all of this, right? And how I think that everybody should be prepared for some other things to roll out over the future and what have you. And a little bit more critiques that I have that I got to get off my chest, guys. But before we get into that, I got something I want to talk to you about, right? Something, something real good, something real good. Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Well, you can, guys, with Mission Impossible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow. That's right. It's Tebow time. It's MLB lockout finish time, but it's also Tebow time, guys. It encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. 
All right, guys, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving, everybody. Uh, so now I want to talk about this this next factor, which is the rule changes. And it seems like we are getting the universal DH, but I have not seen anything confirmed based on my you know, feed and what I'm seeing that we're getting things like a pitch clock and whatnot via Evan Drillich on Twitter. Some final details of a CBA where players made some notable gains. Pre-R bonus pool at 50 million, minimum salary 700K, 720, 740, 760, 780. Uh, competitive balance tax, 230 million to 244 million. So these are all going up basically from the original thing. Draft lottery at six picks, universal DH, amateur draft is no longer 30 rounds, but instead 20 rounds and players can be optioned five times per year so there's a lot of stuff going on here guys um to go over but from what i've seen things like the pitch clock things like you know bigger bases i have not necessarily uh seen that those things are going to be coming to effect and i wanted to talk about that because i think that baseball fans um I, I think baseball fans, one of the things that I've complained about this podcast, and maybe longtime listeners are familiar with this, where I've hated how much people hated the extra innings rule, right? And from what I've heard, extra innings returning to normal. No more goes to run on second, no more seven inning double headers. And let's talk about the former for a second, because the extra innings rule, while I don't necessarily love it, let me be clear, I do think it's a little bit weird that a game could end with two teams, just a sacrifice butt and then a pop fly to the left fielder, and that could end the game and get you a run. I agree. But when it comes to regular season, look at me, look at me. If you're on YouTube, by the way, remember, go subscribe, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. And I am, am I bleeding? Oh, God, I think I'm bleeding right there. Um, Look at me. There are 162 games in a Major League Baseball season. You're telling me you just can't stomach that maybe 10 to 15 of those that ends up going to extra innings might operate a little bit differently? Do the percentage breakdown. You know what I'm saying? Do the percentage breakdown of billionaires too and how much money they're making off of all this. It also do a percentage breakdown of just like, Really? You're going to throw a fit over that much? So I'm not surprised that baseball fans, even the ones who claim that they want change, are out here complaining like, oh man, like, this is this is terrible. Like, how dare they do this new rule? It stinks. I agree, maybe. Get rid of it for the postseason. That's cool. That's cool. Let's go old. Keep it like you want it, right? In the postseason. But why not spice things up in the regular season? That's just me. Heck, if you want to eliminate pitch clock and stuff like that for the postseason, that's fine because everyone's just watching postseason baseball, right? At that point, it's like all bets are off. Let's just watch. And that's where the big the big money, the big bucks come from, right? So I was disappointed in that reaction. But overall, I mean, the big thing here also that I want to throw out is, now don't get me wrong, I'm guilty of this too. Saying baseball is back is the popular thing, right? I actually joked on Twitter saying, uh, which... People seem to have liked this tweet, by the way. Breaking per sources, the MLB and MLBPA have agreed to kiss. Apparently, a lot of people like that tweet. Um, that it should be thrown out there, um, by my approximation, that, you know, um, I'm forgetting what I'm saying right now. So many things are going through my mind right now. It's, it's really hard to, to kind of operate. But what I think people should, should bring up and think about is the fact that, um, you know, we are not technically, we didn't lose games. So we've been saying baseball's back, but it's kind of like, hey, around this time, we would only be doing spring trading anyway. 
So I always found that a little bit weird, just a little minor gripe of mine, where we keep saying baseball's back like this was the worst like three weeks ever. Don't get me wrong, in terms of not getting any news, not getting any reports, that did stink. But in terms of like not seeing baseball action, I'm just saying, minor critique, well, we weren't going to get it until like April 1st at the earliest. Anyway, so it's not like we literally missed games. If it was like June, July, and people are like, oh my god, I should be watching the Padres playing the Giants right now, that's a little bit different, but that's just a minor gripe of mine. Anyway. Um, so that's what we're seeing right now, and I think that another thing to point out here is I'm curious to see where this goes in the future. Another thing, Jeff Passan, by the way, got his Twitter account like completely hacked, and there was like NFT stuff being spewed on there from like skull bones or whatever the heck. I don't know anything about NFTs, uh, and he got hacked, and he was joking like the most biggest day of my professional career, of course, my Twitter account is getting hacked and all that. You know, he was mentioning, you know, international draft. And that's what's so funny is that at the beginning of this, um, this whole kerfuffle is that everyone was like, oh, my God, there's hope again. Because yesterday everyone was freaking out because the owners introduced the international draft thing and that they want to change that. And players were like, what the heck? Like this, you just try to sneak this in at the last moment. Max Scherzer tweeted about this. Francisco Lindor may post about this. Big deal, right? And then, of course, we had the lawsuit that they apparently they're dropping from 2020. So that was a big deal, too. So... You take that all into account and it's just like my mind is like, oh, my God, like we're oh, my God, like apparently they've come to an agreement. That's what Jeff Passon tweeted before his account got locked. That Apparently we've come to an agreement that uh, the international draft thing, they're going to figure it out later. Why it took so long for them to figure out that we'll figure out something later beyond me. But that's negotiations. These things are a lot more complicated than even I can give you guys insight into or even a lot of reporters for as a matter of fact, a lot of stuff that goes into that. So then all that breaks down, and then eventually we get their report. Eventually, Jeff Passett gets his account back. He doesn't tweet anything for a little bit. I'm doing my blood work, trying to get my urine sample and all that stuff. Not to be gross on here, guys, but God, that was really hard for me. I don't know why. Uh, and then I get the report on my phone, rushing back home to get on here and log on and talk about Padres baseball because the season's back. And now the season's back, there are so many things to figure out, right? There are so many things to figure out, not just with, you know, What's going to happen for the rest of the agreements? Because what precedent, I am wondering, does it set if that 2020 uh, you know, lawsuit is just thrown out? What precedent does that set going forward? You know what I'm saying? I, there's a whole bunch of legal mumble jumble to get in there and just kind of, like I said, what, what happens going forward to a lot of lawsuits? Apparently a 2018 lawsuit against teams like the Marlins. That was something that they wanted to sneak in there too. So, you know, my bottom line belief is this. I, I really think that people who weren't showing solidarity, I don't understand. Look, I can understand if some people were annoyed a little bit by the players. I'm annoyed a little bit by the players. I think that they've oftentimes hung the minor leaguers out to dry, right? And I think that oftentimes, now this is a separate issue than, you know, uh, lockout and money talks, but they've oftentimes been very reticent to any sort of change in marketing themselves and getting rid of their stupid, stupid conservative culture in the sense of not letting people celebrate and bat flips and unwritten rules that they never take a stand against that either, that they're all for that stuff, right, for the most part, right? Hey, you saw what happened with Tatis Swag on 3-0, right? And how many people were ready to reprimand him for that, so... You know, and Ken Griffey Jr. back in the day, players take him to the side and telling him that's not how we do things here because he wore his cap backwards. So I get that perspective not being thrilled with the MLBPA. But in general, I cannot understand. And I know people who are literally DMing and being like, if they decline this offer, this latest offer, then it's all on the players. Like, I don't I don't understand how it can't be. It's like, are you not reading the tea leaves, man? This is very complicated. Sneaking in that you want to undo 
a giant lawsuit and basically be like, and guess what? You know what gets the billionaires really nervous? It's lawsuits. Being undoing that at the last second, that's a big deal. And it sets a precedent going forward. So I hope that the players made out as much as possible. And I hope that it means that hopefully nothing crazier will happen down the line. I don't know if it's a guarantee that we won't have another lockout anytime in the next like two, three years. But what I do know is this Padres team, they're kind of set up to start winning now. Amy Machado, 29 years old. Obviously, Tatis is super young, too. But a lot of guys, you got your Snells, you got your Darvishes, you've got a team that has shown it wants to be competitive now. So it is good for them that we were able to uh, start this season from a player baseball perspective. And that's how I want to end this rambling of words on today's show, guys. I want to end it by talking about what to expect for tonight. Because tonight, ladies and gentlemen... It's going to get wild, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to get wild. But before we get into that, guys, let me just talk to you really quickly about something that you don't, you know, you don't need to worry about taking a side on this, right? Because the side is getting them. It's just that simple. Not my best transition ever, but it's okay. Uh, guys, let me talk to you really quickly about Built Bars, the best protein bars in all the land, guys. Helps you with your New Year's resolution. I know we're in March. I don't care. I'm still trying to keep to it. I'm trying to be healthy. Do I look healthy? I wish I could show you guys my tummy. No, but still, when it comes to my sweet tooth, Built Bars help a lot. And check out the macros, guys. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. I can't do that with my fingers. But compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And you are killing it, ladies and gentlemen. Killing it. Absolutely killing it. Absolutely killing it. My phone is blowing up right now because of this Chargers trade and lot. I have like 97 messages, guys. 87 of them are at the Padres right now. Absolutely nuts, guys. But what I love about, you know, the messages, the amount of messages, there's about as many Built Bar flavors. That was pretty good. Uh, there's coconut brownie. There's coconut almond chunk. There's mint brownie. There's white chocolate cookies and cream. There's eggnog. There's apple almond crisp. There's regular chocolate stuff. There's peanut butter. They have every flavor you could want for whatever kind of mood, whatever kind of appetite you got for yourselves, guys. It's good stuff. It's good stuff, guys. And because you're listening to this podcast, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And while I know, I may know a lot about sweets. Like I know a lot. Let me be very clear as I made evidence. I don't know a lot about cars, guys, but let me talk to you about it anyway. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Why do you want to answer all those intimidating questions, guys? You want to save time. You want to save money. So go to rockauto.com. For example, on the money front, Honda Odyssey fuel pump costs about 353 US dollars from a chain store, and it's only 216 from Rock Auto. Boom. I mean, can, can I end it there, guys? But there's more. They are a uh, family business serving do-it-yourselfers for nearly 20 years. Actually, over 20 years. My mistake. Not nearly. 20-plus years. They've been killing it, guys. Reliably low prices and very easy-to-use kind of, uh, you know, catalog and whatnot. Their website is great for people like me who know nothing about cars, guys. So I encourage you to go check that out. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They got you covered. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy, oh boy. All right. So I'm just going to like live on the show, just check to see if anything crazy happened, all right? So far, nothing. 
But basically, I mentioned at the top of the show, MLB, it's expected that this agreement is going to be ratified around 6 p.m. And I imagine that teams are already scheming right now. And that's free agency. Let's talk about that. All right. Let me be honest with you guys. Do not expect the Padres to go out there and make a big move tonight. Not because they're like those other teams, like the Royals or the Marlins or the Cleveland Guardians. These teams that don't spend anything because their owners are cheapskates. No. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the Padres are fourth in their total salary above teams in Major League Baseball right now and for committed for 2022. So it's not like they're not spending money. In fact, I actually think it would begrudge them. I don't think it would be smart for them to go out there and make a giant splash. I do think that the biggest potential move that the Padres could do is something like Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz has been a very reliable hitter for a long time. I know his OPS was down when he was traded to the Rays last year. Some people might be thinking, all right, he's finally slowing down. But with the universal DH coming in, you could do worse. Maybe you play him at first base some days um, instead of the current Padres first baseman, who will not be named the ground ball gremlin, right? Um, Who we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, maybe that's a move because it's probably not going to cost much and it's probably not going to be a multi-year commitment. So that's like on the high end of moves for the Padres, at least I think. Sure, you could go out there and get Michael Conforto, sure. And yes, theoretically, you could go out there and go nuts and sign Nick Castellanos, but I don't want them to do that because you would probably have to give those guys multi-year deals, especially the latter and Castellanos, and that would just hamper the team. That would lock up this Padres team for a while. And considering how bad the team was last year, are we sure we want to go all in? I'm not saying all in instead of in terms of like you want to be competitive now. I'm saying that you want to have move, room to kind of move around. You want to have flexibility. You don't want to give up those big prospects. Not necessarily because you think that they're going to be superstars. Not necessarily because you think Robert Hassel and Luis Campizano are going to be absolutely incredible. Or even C.J. Abrams. But more that you want to be able to move. What if, and I know this sounds like like just hearsay. I know this sounds like just blasphemy, right? What if Jay Cronenworth is just, like, really bad, right? What if Jerickson Profar and Hassan Kim really can't improve? It feels really good to know that you have one of the 10 best prospects in all of baseball in C.J. Abrams lying in the wings, right? It feels good knowing that if Austin Nola can't stay healthy, if Jorge Alfaro and his highest swinging strike percentage in Major League history, that's not a good thing, and Victor Caratini can't cut it at catcher, that you got Luis Campizano. If anything happens with the rotation, which was hurt a whole bunch last year, you have a Mackenzie Gore, you got an Ethan Elliott, you got a, a Gasser, Robert Gasser, you got all these kind of guys that are at least, you have options. You know what I'm saying? If Nick Martinez, the new signing that the Padres made when the blackout happened, that if that doesn't work out, you have moves, you want to have flexibility. When you commit that much money to Castellanos for probably like six years or so, you can't move it. What if he falls off? Or most importantly, what if you just kind of want to like, Move around the roster. They have their first baseman committed for so long, right? Myers comes off the books, yes, but you got Machado, you got Tatis. You wanna, don't you wanna extend Joe Musgrove? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go, guys. You have to make some sacrifices, and don't get me wrong. I know that it's just money, but in fairness for the Padres, they are already committing a lot right now. I would be shouting from the mountaintops, sign everybody. If the Padres were in that aforementioned Guardians, Marlins, Pittsburgh Pirates type of group, then I'd be like, I don't care. Sign people. You know what I'm saying? Even if we're worried about what their ability will be at the plate and how they'll produce for you and whatnot. I would say that. That's what I would say. But since they are admittedly committing a lot, let's just be realistic, guys. We sure ownership is going to want to commit even more. What if some of these signings don't go well? You can't have it all. And I would love to re-sign Cotton Eye Joe, Joe Musgrove. 
to an extension. I would love it, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe that happens tonight. Who knows? Maybe that, they get that done. But around 6 p.m., right around when this podcast is posted, we're going to be getting a lot of updates and even updates not necessarily about the Padres, but where's Carlos Correa going to go? Where's Trevor Story going to go? Where's Conforto going to go? Where's Clayton Kershaw going to go? Padres fans, that's one's one for you to keep an eye on because apparently people have been rumored, you know, Texas Rangers has been rumored. Root for any of these guys not to sign with the Dodgers, not to sign with the Giants. I'm not really too concerned about the D-backs and the Rockies, but even still, don't root for anybody to be in your division. You don't want to face better competition. So that's what Padres fans should be looking forward to tonight. And the aforementioned, ground ball gremlin. All right, let's talk about him real quick. Everything I say now, in my opinion becomes a moot point if somehow they are able to send him away and get rid of most of his salary. Then all of a sudden, first base opens up. You can move Cronenworth there. Heck, you can move Myers there. You want to go get a new right fielder? You could do that, right? If they are able to trade him away to somebody. It's going to cost a lot. It's probably going to cost a lot of prospects. But if they do that, then all of a sudden, I think that the signings of those Castellanos types, the Confortos, any type of player you can think of. Heck, you want to go get Brett Gardner or whatever. I think that a lot more signings and options become available if they are able to dump the giant albatross, the worst contract probably in all of baseball right now when you take into account that the Padres are trying to be competitive and this is like this black sheep deal on the side that just isn't working out for them right now. It's hampering them. If they do that, all bets are off as far as I'm concerned. And I want to talk about something really quickly. Matt Olson is a guy that a lot of Padres fans keep responding to me about as a possible change, right? And here's the thing. In theory, that would work. If the current Padres first baseman didn't have the giant contract he did right now, then they could just swap him and then send some prospects. But here's the problem. You're probably going to have to get rid of the Padres first baseman. The Oakland A's are shedding salary right now. They're not going to want to have his contract, those, those that $14 million a year for four more years or whatever the heck he still has left. I think it's like 80, 90 million. I forgot how much it is exactly that's left on the contract. They're not going to want that. They want to rebuild. They don't want to spend money. So why would they take him back? Okay. So you have to send the Padres first baseman to another team. And if you do that, you're probably going to have to attach some prospects to him. A Mackenzie Gore. I don't think so, but a CJ Abrams, those quality type of prospects. And then after you do that, you're then going to have to come up with more prospect ammo to trade for Matt Olson. It's probably two separate deals. Do you want to do that? For Matt Olson, I mean, it's an MVP type guy. That's a big time bat right there. I get it. But at the same time, I'd rather just get rid of that guy at first base and then improve other areas of the team. Lightly, don't commit too much. You know what I'm saying? Have your Abrams still lying in the wings, right? Maybe you attach Campizano with the first baseman the ground ball gremlin, to send him to another team. I, I could at least understand that because they have a decent amount of people at first base. Hold on, I see Jeff Passon tweeting. All right, no, we're good. We're good. Okay. I just Every time I see that man's name pop up, I get freaked out because you never know what's going to happen. So that's what I would expect tonight, guys, and that's why I do not think a Matt Olson trade will work. I just don't see how the A's take back the ground ball gremlin. Right? They're just not going to do that. So you have to send him to another team. And if you send him to another team, do you really want to just blow up the farm system that much? What if you want to adjust? You trust me. You do not want to go that much all in. The Padres still have plenty of talent. Hope that you get something out of a Chris Paddock and a Nick Martinez and some of those other guys, right? Hope that those guys can make up for the dude at first base, not just immediately trading for the superstar. There are other ways to build a baseball team. And considering what just happened last year, with San Francisco Giants kicking our butts all season by making low-cost sort of moves and not going super nuts, 
right? Improving baseball players, just having a really high depth team. And considering what the Atlanta Braves did at the deadline, signing ja- or trading for Jack Peterson and Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, small moves is what you need. They already have the core. Let's go get the the crumblings. Let's go get the the crushed. What's that called? Not the core of the earth, but is it? What's the layer called? The cr- is it just called the crust? Okay, the crust of the team because we already got the core guys. So don't expect too many splashes, but still expect splashes tonight, guys. It's going to be fun, and by the time you're listening to us, admittedly, you probably have already heard a bunch. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. Be sure to check out the Lockdown Emily Prospects podcast, too, which will help you out on all spring training stuff, who to watch and whatnot for this upcoming uh, spring training kind of calendar, and Lockdown MLB for all your general baseball coverage. Hopefully, solely, please, guys, tech, can you just at him? To invite me back on the show. What's going on, Sully? Come on. Uh, and then tomorrow, guys, for tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to be doing a ranking of the NL West based on... Actually, that's something to expect going forward. Depending on what signings happen tonight, that's what I'm going to react to tomorrow, even if it's for other teams. And then in terms of stuff to expect in the future, going to be ranking for over the next few weeks the Padres in the NL West, where they rank in starting rotation, bullpen, lineup, fielding and defense, their manager, and their overall finish. Going to be doing that. Going to be doing a fun crossover probably sometime next week with an NBA host of Lockdown Grizzlies. That's right. Nice little change up for you guys, right? That should be a lot of fun. Going to be reacting to uh, spring training stuff. Going to be talking about Trent Grisham and how he needs to bounce back next year. Going to be talking with another person about uh, Betty Machado and why the idea of him trading is the dumb, them trading him is the dumbest thing ever. Guys, the content keeps rolling on, man. The content keeps rolling on. We're back, man. Just as a baseball fan, I'm excited about that. As much as, as pessimistic I, as I was for a majority of this podcast, still. Still good times, guys. So hopefully you enjoy the bananas that is about to ensue. And it's like I said before, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Padres. Me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Lockdown Padres on YouTube. And until next time. Stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.